<laughs> okay, one more time. All right. I'm April White. And I'm Christopher Tompkins. And you're on the line with the Hype Buster. Welcome. Ready for some real talk on strategic communications? You're in the right place. Hey, girl. Hey. Hi, everybody, and welcome <laughs> to this episode of Hype Busters, starring me and her, her being <laughs> April, and me being Chris. That's right, April and Chris. Wasn't this an adorable beginning of the show? Uh, we have everyone threw up in their mouth a little bit. You threw up in your mouth a little bit? Well, I think, ever, I think on, everyone did. Yeah, well, it's the, um, that's not the monkeypox, but that is definitely an indigestion issue that you could look into uh, with some Prilosec. <laughs> What I found does not touch me at all. If I take if I take anything related to Prilosec, nothing. I mean, it's just like, and then I go from tea to coffee, and, and then I go to black tea. It's, I, I don't know. I have an issue with it. But anyway, I see that. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot of information. So, what else can you share with us about your personal digestion and uh, habits? Well, what's, what's happening? Uh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> 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 Thanks, Fiber. Um, thanks, Obama. And yeah, things have been going great. We have a great show today, folks. There's a lot of interesting stories that we were just kind of reviewing. Um, one, and, and I'm going to give you a little like uh, teaser. Grandma Raid Portraits is coming up and track <laughs> to get you ready. If you have a bug problem and you have a grandma, you better listen to this. Or if your grandmother has a bug problem, you're an awful person. But yeah, it's I have some pretty cool news. Remember I was telling you that I was going to do a shorter work week and I was going to um, yes, get back. volunteer on Fridays. Yeah, on Fridays. So there's this, this really super cool um, uh, initiative to give access to people to food that don't have access to it for any reason, money, whatever. And yeah. it's a pay what you can cafe. You basically, the food is donated from all different places like Whole Foods, Olive Garden, wherever. And um, they pick up the food and then whatever they get, they sort. And then that's what they cook with to make the meals that day. So it's almost like chopped. So I went to an orientation a week and a half ago. And uh, you're basically working under a Michelin star chef as the sous chef. What? How about that? That's amazing. Super cool. So I'm going to be doing that every Friday, um, starting next Friday. For so cool. four hours on Friday. Yeah. So I'm really excited. It's kind of, it's kind of, well, I love cooking and I would love to be in the kitchen more. So it'd be nice to learn from someone who's really good. And also you don't know what the hell you're doing when you get there. So you go there and it's like, okay, today we're making this. Today we're making. Wow. Uh, How cool. cool. It's really cool. I love this for you. Yeah. I like it for you're, me too. So I better you're take. You're volunteering them. and getting at the same time. Giving and getting. It's Giving like and getting. Life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like a healthy sex life. But I think that when I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking. When I'm thinking, well, I, I mean, for all of our listeners out there, that is a key. Um, just saying, hang <laughs> on your back and just going, okay, is that it's not going to fly here on High Busters. Um, don't go full cod. Full cod. Okay. But no, I'm um, red as a tomato, thanks to Chris. Well, that's what I try to do. I try to bring the color back into your lives, folks. Here at High Busters, uh, rated number one on iTunes, <laughs> Thailand. So, the, so okay. One of the things um, that's really cool too is that we are going to create um, a charitable giving bonus for our agency staff. So if they want to do anything with the same charity, we'll give them bonuses. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Wow. So, 
So we did a fitness initiative. We're doing we're doing a secret bonus every single month performance as well. What's the secret about it? The amount? No, it's a set amount that nobody knows that I know. We're going to privately give it. So if it's everyone oh. has a really great month, it's split evenly. If it's like two or three people have a really great month, we want to reward people for when they really have good things to do. Very cool. I like this. Yeah, we've also done something too that I don't know if you do at Trust Relations, but we've started Friday wins meeting. So you end off and all you do is talk about everything cool that you did that you're proud of. So it's like a brag. Uh, we don't do that. The The thing we do on Fridays is no Zoom Fridays. Oh. Zoom free Fridays. I started that so that everyone can be off camera for one day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's we, exhausting. That Zoom, that Zoom fatigue is real. It really is. And it's kind of like also trying to go from like, obviously you can tell that I'm like casual today because I'm wearing a hat. I could never wear a hat on a presentation. Um, but on Hype Busters, come on. We're talk- we just talked about um, equal yeah. sex rights. So uh, Equal sex rights. <laughs> for you and your partner. <laughs> see? See, this is... This is educational. This is this is like life sciences plus. So if you are a college oh student um, that is in Thailand listening to this, thank you for your uh, comments. Uh, but so April, uh, that's 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 me. That's kind of my high level stuff. I mean, I can't follow up on that. I think maybe we should just go straight into the news. <laughs> We're not going to talk about if you're regular. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't think we need to talk about my yeah any of my personal issues. <laughs> Which folks alludes that she has them, but let's not go. <laughs> let's not go there. I don't want to talk about my myriad of personal issues. Um, okay, so yeah, um, let's go into the goodness gracious, great balls of fire, breaking news. Yes. So the first one we have is one that is so. I've literally today, I have typed the word YouTube and the word TikTok seventy-five times each. Wait, how do you know that? Did you keep track? Uh, yeah, I know exactly where I was. I was creating a report um, and I had to type oh, it. Oh, oh, so you aren't exaggerating. You actually did that. Yeah, no. You know ah. what's interesting about me? Sometimes I'm exaggerating, but sometimes I'm not. You'll never I mean, know, really. We heard I, everything is interesting about you. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I, I want to know, know it all. I want to know everything. I want to know every single gray hair on that beard. Tell me, Chris, what else is going on? <laughs> so that was that was some mouse acting for anybody on our OnlyFans that can see this. So, um, so the first story is from Marketing Dive, where, which always goes deep. And it says, how YouTube's brewing TikTok rivalry could impact mobile video strategies. So recently surpassing 1.5 billion users, YouTube Shorts uh, gives marketers another platform to engage consumers. Though audience differences should be taken into account. How what do you know about YouTube shorts over there? Apes? <laughs> I knew that, Not only did you ask me a question that, that should be answered by you, but you also used my horrible nickname that I hate. Um, <laughs> I think I should just refuse to answer. Well, oh, come on. AW, what do you got over there? <laughs> I mean, I I think in general, like we're just going to keep seeing a lot of these rivalries happening between all the different platforms as things become popular and then become less popular. Um, but so I mean, I I think it's it's inevitable, right? I mean, I but but in terms of how it's going to impact the mobile video strategies, that I'm I'm not totally sure on yet. 
Um, do you have a strong opinion on where that's what that's going to mean for marketers? Both of these need to be looked at seriously, but there are different audiences at play. Okay, so if you're, for example, I would not give my phone to, a, well, I would never do this anyway, but I'm not judging parents out there that do this all the time using their phone as a babysitter. But, you know, I always see parents giving, um, giving their kids open it up to YouTube and then they just go and search and watch videos. I don't really see parents giving TikTok to their kids just yet. I think it could eventually get there. But I do feel like even the YouTube shorts are a shorter form sometimes, a longer form yeah. of content that's linked. So I do feel like there's a, there's a piece right there that's important in linkage. Um, but I also feel that YouTube users, power users, and TikTok power users, meaning someone that looks at it every single day, um, maybe multiple times, I, I think they're two different types of people. Mm. You know, yeah, I, mean, I think I think that's yeah. TikTok is definitely a younger platform, right? Um, I mean, it's interesting. This article says that YouTube's advertising revenue jumped forty six percent last year. Forty six percent. That's a lot. Yeah, because you can't get for your YouTube advertising dollars. You know yeah. what I mean? With with TikTok, you can throw the same amount in and get a ton of engagement, et cetera, and and just action. Yeah. Whereas YouTube, I mean, come on. Even when we we collaborated, it's you know, you had to, you have to go back and forth and back and forth and finally yep. get it to work. And then it grabs your money really quickly. Or what it will do is it will something else, big tip for anyone that's listening, honest tip is when you're creating ads anywhere in Google or any of the platforms currently, you better check your settings after you've placed it. So after you've placed your ad, go back in and check to see what your budgeting settings are. Mm. Um, some of the platforms are just, as soon as you go to the next screen, they're defaulting to the Every day for the rest of your life budget, which is burning a lot of people, but also oh, is giving, interesting. But also a lot of people are that that would make that would create a jump, right? And revenue. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying conspiracy theory here, but I do feel that there is a little bit of that at play. And I think of YouTube ads were like, oh, they were dirt cheap. And then as soon as everyone got on them, they're like, whoa, it's really expensive. It is if you want to drive traffic, if you just want to bring more people to YouTube to look at something. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but yep. if you want to actually get people off of YouTube to convert to something else, that's really hard and it's expensive. Yep. Whereas TikTok, it's not. So what, what should, I mean, for looking at legacy users versus newcomers, I think newcomers are going to be TikTok, legacy people are going to be YouTube. Um, but me personally, I can't watch video after video after video. Um, I'm seeing too much, so I'm not the audience to really judge on this, but YouTube shorts, we are utilizing for our clients. If, if we are creating um, Reels content or yeah. TikTok content, we are utilizing shorts. And some of them are getting really great views. So don't count it out, um, but uh, don't forget it exists either. Yep. So that's all I have to say on the matter. And I, I know that you were, you were, what you were really excited about. I mean, I mean, what I'm excited about is that, is that, uh, you know, YouTube is competing now with the Chinese tech giant ByteDance. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that part. I mean, China. Hey. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't stop myself. Okay. Can't stop. One stop. The next article that we have in our breaking news section is from Pew Research. And essentially it's about how Twitter is becoming a go-to social media site for US journalists, mm. but not for the public. Uh-oh, pew, pew. <laughs> so 
So more than nine in 10 journalists in the United States, 94%, use social media for their jobs. According to a recent Pew Research Center survey of reporters, editors, and others working from the news industry. But the sites that journalists use most frequently are different from those that the public is using for news. So this is kind of interesting, right? So among journalists, Twitter clearly ranks at the top of the list for work-related tasks. Around seven in 10 journalists say it is the social media site that they're using most or second most for their job. This is pretty interesting to me being in PR and, and obviously, you know, being somebody that's constantly trying to figure out what journalists are getting their news, looking for news, et cetera, because it feeds into how you can pitch them, you know, where they're going to find a nugget of a story that might lead into them wanting to do a bigger story on something. So this is pretty interesting. And then the second most used social media site for journalists is Facebook, 52%, whereas Facebook's number one for U.S. adults looking for news and YouTube is number two for U.S. adults. So it's kind of interesting. And then Twitter is 13% of normal U.S. adults. So it's far behind for regular folk, <laughs> if you were, instead mm. of journalists. Yeah, I, I think this is interesting. I mean, it makes sense to me. I do wonder how it will shift, given how things are shifting at Twitter, but we still don't have a final outcome on what that's going to look like either. So, Well, I think that the part of Twitter is that it thrives on excess and it thrives on high volume. So that when you're doing a search, you're almost doing like a Google search of what's kind of happening within the lexicon. So I do feel like that that's the power. And that's why journalists mm-hmm. are like, they're like, no, shit, this is where I need to be. And yeah. then I think Facebook is like, okay, now what is a normal man and woman interested in? And that's why they're going to Facebook because they want to check these stories and see how they're being reacted to because mm-hmm. Twitter is not used by these people, but there are people mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, yeah. that's why the disparity is there because Facebook's number one. Now, for example, if YouTube was number one for U.S. adults, YouTube would be number two for journalists. Because what they yeah. want to do is they want to see where they can get the most information, bang for their buck, which is Twitter. And then next is kind of like, where can I get public opinion? And I think that that's what they're saying Facebook is. I would say that you probably can get a nice cross-section. You don't get the youth vote on Facebook. Mm. I mean, you don't really see that weighed in very much, unless... The youth is very right. You can still see that a little bit on Facebook, but yeah, it's, I mean, anytime that anyone's doing a PR campaign, I always suggest Twitter as part of it so that we could tie in um, any sure. coverage and that kind of thing. But thanks, Pew. <laughs> good old Pew. I, you know what? Pull up a Pew research. I really like it. Um, good story. Really um, and enchanting for me. Uh, but what I want to, what I really want to get into. You want to duke it out. I want to duke it out. And you said before you were hashtag feisty. I am a little feisty today. She's super feisty. You don't, don't just, I mean, she, she's, she's going to get that guitar and break it over your skull (laughs) stories. So get ready. It's happening. Point counterpoint. Um, So, okay. So we're going to go into the first one, which is um, not done by pew pew, but it's it's done by pointer. Pointer. Yeah, um, Pointer, which is the only male Pointer sister, which is really confusing. But no, he's lying. That's not true. (laughs) If anyone thinks I'm telling the truth, stop listening to the show. (laughs) Stop listening. Not 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 our number one audience, though. Not our number one audience. We're number number four in Alaska. So news organizations have a social media problem. News outlets shouldn't be shocked when social media dust-ups happen. 
but they often seem clueless on how to handle them. Oh my God. Is this true or is this true? It's so true. Oh my God. So, so true. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's, you think that PR and media seem to go hand in hand. So you'd think that because they do media, they'd know how to do PR, but is not the same thing. It's like not even close. No, it's um, close. So, so this came about because the Washington Post had this messy controversy last week. And essentially, one of the better known reporters retweeted a sexist and homophobic tweet that was then noted by another Post reporter. And then over the course of several days, there was drama and it all unfolded and there was this huge thing. And then the reporter who retweeted the offensive tweet was suspended and the reporter who called him out was fired. <laughs> the executive editor of the paper sent out two memos that essentially told staffers to be mindful of how they treat each other on social media. Hot mess. So this is interesting to me. There's also been some, some recent coverage about news outlets that are encouraging reporters to delete old tweets that aren't currently, you know, copacetic with, uh, with current culture. In combination, this is a very interesting topic. Yeah. One of the things I really agree with is that there has to be some sort of internal process in place that they're all trained on in order to use it properly. Um, you know, yeah. you don't, don't give someone a, a free car and it has a stick in it and say, go ahead and try to drive it. I mean, you have yeah. to kind of give the guidelines in order for it to, to work properly. And they have to that point, they have to be clearly defined and they can't be subjective. So it can't be like, oh, you retweeted something offensive. We'll define offensive, right? Because everyone's going to recalibrate whether or not that's offensive or not offensive and you can't be this thing where it's like you know the snake in the grass that comes and bites you and there's no warning with you know there's like no rattle it's like okay like you got to tell me where are we drawing the line make it clear make it something that's you know objective and then I think you can do it but otherwise I think that this just gets in some really great weird territory and see, where anybody can just change the rules and it's like having that you know the sociopathic psychopathic partner that like changes the rules every two seconds right it's like you, we can't we don't want society to turn into that and i also don't want to constantly live in fear of offending so and i think that if you're in the press and you're for free speech i think if you are productive with your critique then it makes sense but i think if it's just just hateful to be hateful or mean to be mean that's like and you shouldn't be doing that because you're a professional so it discredits you as a professional but i like to see that because i like to see who these people are when they go out in the real world because i have to listen to their opinion so i have to read their opinion and go oh wow like the guy that wrote the pew pew article he could be like he could be a neo-nazi sharing neo-nazi tweets and i mean like i would rather see those and then go okay pew i'm sorry that stinks. But like, do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of want them to express themselves as journalists, but to yeah. not to do it like trolls. No. And I think they should have the right to have their own opinions about things and not have every single thing they say be fall into some party line as dictated by their employer. I mean, that seems very creepy too. If I was an employer and I was worried about that kind of thing, I would say, hey guys, here's the guidelines. Do your best. If anything comes up that's out of the ordinary, we're not to call you on it. And I think that just kind of creating something like that, because, you know, you know how the papers work and, the, uh, you know, it's not yeah. like, I mean, a lot of the stuff is dictated as to what stories are going to be covering and what things are going to be hitting the news. Yep. So this is just a different version of that, but mm-hmm. I wish the personalities and the alliances could be seen a little bit more, but I don't know. 
I think it's just gonna get messier and messier and messier, especially on social. My God. I really, yeah, I really am not a fan of the going back and deleting things from the past. I feel like that doesn't allow for anybody to have growth. <laughs> but anyway, that's that, that's not this particular article. But in general, I just find this issue very interesting. Well, it's the same thing that if they have like a classic episode of a television show or there's a classic movie that has a couple lines that are out of line right now, it's out of print. You can't take it. They pulled it from rotation. And it's it's like we have to be able to see things and go, oof. I think seeing it and cringing and feeling like, oh my gosh, this is how it used to be. And now I understand how those people feel. Yeah. You know, those people, you know what I mean? Like anyone that we have new rules of communication around that are more egalitarian. It's like, you know, for example, the Disney movie Song of the South. Song of the South is problematic across the board, right? It's it's steeped in slavery. Yeah. Seeing it and seeing it again not seeing it celebrated like 50th anniversary let's or whatever 16 millionth anniversary yeah just having it available to watch is something that's very interesting it's like oh my gosh oh wow and also it allows you to understand the generations that come before you and when you're seeing your your older relatives and how they're acting it's kind of like oh my gosh that's the same mentality and that's why they think that because they were exposed to that so i just i don't know i just find it really like putting things just taking things out and canceling things and shelving them so no one sees them isn't productive. Yeah. Either. No, and it gets very like Brave New World because like, I don't know if you ever read that or, or saw the TV show or the movie, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, in that society, they just whitewash all of the history of the entire, mm-hmm. you know, race basically and it's like you know you can't have any Shakespeare books and like everything is just like removed from the lexicon and um so only the savages have access to these old books of like you know and I I don't think we want to go there but that is certainly for something that was written very long time ago as sort of a dystopian sci-fi future it's starting to look very current and I don't, I don't love that for anybody who hasn't read the book or seen it. And there is a great TV show of it on Peacock that it's an NBC show. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend it because it's very interesting, but it's written around the same time as 1984. And so it sort of has a Orwellian overtones mm-hmm. and um, it's worth, it's worth checking out. Cause I don't yeah. think we want to, I don't think we want to go there, but it, mm-hmm. no. it is, it is very weirdly becoming a playbook for what's happening now. Yeah, and if and if you wanted to make it more accessible to your kids, the Brave New um, World um, storyline was adapted for TV during the '90s in Boy Meets World, um, which ran on TGI Fridays after he's, Family Matters. He's making this up again. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Ben Savage, a uh, problematic not, Ben Savage. None fame. of what he just said is true. It's all fake. <laughs> fake news. Fake news. Yeah, and skip Boy Meets World. It's a it's a heavy lift. It's not, um, it's but not uh, <laughs> wait, did we actually have a point counterpoint? Where we just like aggressively agreed with each other on this. Yeah, I don't, we don't have to always disagree. Okay, all right. This is this is how the, this is how like people are in the coffee shop. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, right, well, then, we, then we better disagree on this one. Let's oh, I can't wait to think the oh yeah because you don't you you have an issue with this. I don't know if I do. Let's find out. So so Pierre Daly wrote an article about what the death of notifications could mean for PR pros. So many people are turning to notification detoxes to reduce interruptions to their lives. 
And we're wondering as a, I guess, PR industry, what does this spell out for the need for, for cutting through with things that are slightly more authentic, <laughs> less, less disruptive? So basically, there was an interview about how this interruption averse culture provides a unique opportunity for PR and marketing pros to truly earn their audience's attention. And I would say trust, um, but of course, because trust relations, but, but they said advertising is a business that prides itself on being persuasive and its greatest persuasion was convincing everybody about how effective it was. And I think that's what happened over the last couple of decades is that many people have come to just equate marketing and advertising as if they're the same thing, they're not the same thing. And that's interesting. I think it's true that, that it has become very synonymous and it's not, actually in practice synonymous. So in essence, instead of bemoaning the loss of attention that pop-ups, commercials, and push notifications are receiving, PR pros should look to create messaging that's less intrusive by nature. Amen. Couldn't agree more actually with this. I think that this is very true. I also agree that those notifications are a recipe for a panic attack. So I think it's good that people are starting to realize that we need to cut down on the amount of disruptions. I know they, they've done studies before where every time you get interrupted, it takes 15 minutes to refocus on whatever it was that you were doing. And so if we're living in a world where we get interrupted every 30 seconds or every three minutes or every 30 minutes, I mean, it's, it makes us a lot less productive. I think that's true. And I also think it it just further underscores that what you provide needs to be of value to your audience. You can't just be shooting them with messages just for the sake of it. It has to be a great offer, a great insight or something educational. You know, it can't just be, hey, we're great. Look at us buy our like you can't that's that's not gonna work anymore. <laughs> I have a different side of this. Okay. So Ooh, okay. So you um, are gonna disagree with me. Yeah, let's, let's, it out. Let's, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. Swinging the pendulum one way or the other is never going to solve an issue. It's just basically going to give someone a stopgap. For a problem. And the problem here is overuse of notifications to make people feel stressed. Okay, excellent. How many times have you been told to meditate? When's the last time you meditated? You know, there's it, it's it's that kind of thing. It's like, oh, notifications, turn them off. But I'm gonna miss something important. Okay, so then go and cure you can go in and you can figure out exactly how to get your notifications so you're getting exactly what you want. So if you're too damn lazy to do that and you're gonna hit the oh off button, I can't handle it's too much for me. Uh, go ahead. I mean, whatever, do that everyone. Create better messages, engage with your audience. God bless you. Go with God. It's all good. But that's the, the problem I have is that that's kind of like, that's, that's the, the, the conversation here is how to beat the notifications. It's, yeah. it's like, you know what, if you put out a good story, people are just going to know it and they're going to feel it and they're going to look for you. No one is looking for anything. We are in the, we're like five years away from machines that feed us. I mean, yeah. like, this is, this is like the notifications are, if you're, it depends if you're working on a tech heavy job, which if you're breathing, you probably are because you're going to use a computer or chat or email or a fax machine or whatever of Xerox. I don't know what's yeah. There's always notifications involved with things. And I think notifications are the way to lull us into a feeling of someone's got my back. For example, like with our notifications internally in our agency, we have categories for them and which ones you can ignore and which ones you have to jump onto. And there's mm. ways we code them so they're done like that. Yep. Why do I do that? So I don't have to turn off notifications if I'm doing something. 
So if something's urgent, I'm still available. I'm just like, now, uh, turning off my phone. And then like a relative dies in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's not how we should be. We shouldn't be all or nothing on this. We should be smarter about how we do it. Yeah. And then obviously create better messages, but that's never good. I mean, that's like better content, be more authentic. It's, I think that stuff is starting Broken to get record. a little, yeah. As, as exciting as an Elon Musk story. My boyfriend, the hunk of cheese. Hunk of cheese. Have a hunk of cheese, Slim. <laughs> <laughs> so there was your point and counterpoint. To see um, what happens after the show, visit us on our Patreon channel, pipebusters.patreon. <laughs> and it's and it's really inexpensive, too. You can just check it out. Just Google it and then uh, DM us and we'll tell you where it's not. So everyone's ready to hear about this this, this I mean, uh, the show everyone's talking about it this is our definitely the best segment right everyone the best for last yeah i know it's and just so everyone knows if you want to be a guest on the show this is the number one section why everyone pulls out as a guest which is our honest feeling <laughs> unrelated to the sex advice from earlier <laughs> yeah exactly because that one no you know what i think that was on an inspirational card i have somewhere over here i think it was on one of my inspirational cards i think but you know <laughs> What's my, what's my card? Oh, okay. What's my card today? Don't involve yourself with whack. (laughs) Knowledge. Oh my God. For you that are listening to this, I pulled a card and held it to the camera. So if we have cash and trash, the first one is the one we were teasing at the top of the show. Yes. And it's one that's, um, you got to give more than the tip now. Oh, this is, uh, this is, this is deeper than the tip, folks. <laughs> We're up to Bane. So this is uh, a raid campaign. And yes, raid, like are, the bug, like the bug spray raid. Like raid! Ooh, cartoon bugs get, looking like yes. scared. And why are all yeah. the bugs in those commercials from New York? They're like, ah, I got you over here. Because <laughs> most of the, most of the bugs in the U.S. live in New York. Oh my god! <laughs> it's the highest population of bugs in the U.S. Oh my god! You know Someone's gonna you know do a fact check on that, and it's gonna be like, uh, like Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, or something. Oh yeah, no, we'll, we'll definitely. I know that it's not true. I just made that. I'm now. I'm following it, taking a line from Chris. Uh oh! His footsteps. Better just turn your notifications off for hype busters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so raid. Raid. Protection for all portrait shoots. So there are, they're looking for filmmakers around the world to shoot social and digital assets for Raid's new global campaign. And it's basically, the it, Raid's mission is for a future where everyone in every community in every corner and every, oh, oh my God. I, in, every, I, in every country. I hate, I hate this immediately. I know. Basically, Raid is looking for people that need oxygen. We believe protection against pests is a need for all <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this like, it's I, so is dramatic. A, it's like, so dramatic. yeah, like, like bugs are like going to be the end of us. They're painting it like, you know, we got to keep everyone safe from COVID, but it's like bugs. Yeah. It's like bug realness. Um, I don't know. I, uh, okay. So it, it's literally this tri- photo. Can you describe this photo? Cause this is really funny. Which 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 photo? The one up top on the above, above the fold. So maybe right? we should actually screen share. There's a whole video. Yeah. Oh, get ready, get ready, raid fans. Are you gonna screen share this? I, I might. You never this know. Ish? I might. I don't know. This ish. God, we're we're suddenly being clean. Just I don't know that get... way. Just I don't have to make Veronica bleep out one more thing. Oh, I know. Thanks, Veronica. 
<laughs> okay, so then, okay, so here we go. Um, this is the this is the page for grades. So if anyone wants to look at it, there you go. then um, there's the brief. So if you want to get into it, see, uh -huh. look, I love how they have the brief. It's really in here. They really filled that out. Yeah. So the showcase. Here's the. Here we go. This is a little flavor. Uh, a little flavor, get, Flav. You'll get most of it. Putting 60 years of raid science to work to make sure everyone feels protected against pests. Raid protection for all. Raid ant baits. <laughs> you all know, right. nothing about okay. If raid was going to change their branding from that aggressive zap like looking like logo, and it's like a calm mother and a son reading a book, or oh, let's play hacky sack. I mean, it's like give me a break. Killing bugs next to your grandma <laughs> in, in in South Africa. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, this is like such a such a grab for attention. Very contrived. Yes. So I'm trashing this all day long. Yeah, same. I'm trashing this. I'm this screams of a marketing agency that was hired to soften the brand to give it a new humanistic angle because they yeah. didn't want to show bugs. Yeah. So this is how they're doing it because they have to do something on TikTok and spraying a bug and watching it die is probably not exciting or watching ants march to their ant hotel death is not probably exciting. <laughs> Inside the hive, the queen explodes. I mean, it's like what, I, personally, I think that, that would be like pretty raid-tastic. Oh, Don't you think? Oh. Like seeing like just uh, insects die, I think that that would be I mean, really gross one. Like, yeah, like cockroaches. Oh, yeah. The ones that are real full of stuff. Yeah. Eggs, mostly. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to something more fun. So Alka-Seltzer drops a new hangover relief product with help from T-Pain. Oh, God. Nothing gives me indigestion like T-Pain. So this is a fit so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> photo this photo is amazing do you see this of him with his alka-seltzer hangover relief hey hi wearing it i have no more cred <laughs> all right Incredible. okay so alka-seltzer is introducing the alka-seltzer hangover relief with an assist from musician t-pain to promote the new product designed to alleviate hangovers the artist remixed bear brand's classic jingle and his distinctive auto-tune croon. The hip-hop-influenced take on plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Earworm is available to stream on Alka-Seltzer's website and is attached to a TikTok dance challenge. I mean, we have to listen to this, right? Already there. So what did we learn, folks? We learned that T-Pain is an alcoholic and also <gasps> that T-Pain has a book that he writes down his hangover remedies and to see which one's going to work next. It, blah, blah, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. I, I mean, there's... What a relief it is. What a relief it is. <laughs> no, I don't know who came, who came up with that melody. It's just so catchy. Blah, um, blah, fizz, fizz. Oh my God, it's terrible. God, it sounds like I a title scene from a Housewives show. It's, it's it, 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 T-Pain... I'm sorry, this is the end of you. But um, well, I think this is kind of like the tail end of TV anyway, right? I mean, 
Oh. He's not really doing stuff. So unlike T-Pain, this hangover relief is now available at Target CVS Rite Aid. And just in case you didn't know who it was aimed at, it is blue and bright orange. So guys, this is aimed directly at you. This is all, this is guys all day long. How this is. Oh yeah. Close. This is guys. Yeah, That's you know I need this like now. <laughs> it's like T-Pain. Calm down. Calm down with the drinking. It's Tuesday. Well, also, you're filming a commercial and you are you got a hangover? Yeah, because oh. he doesn't want to do this. This is like okay, a big... Fair. This, All right. Okay, this is a mass hey, What we're going to do, though, is we are going to see this on TV and that's where he makes his money. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, but what's going to happen is it's fast acting. It starts to relieve hangover symptoms in as little as 15 minutes. That's impressive. Because it's aspirin people try that and see if you get a little relief in 15 minutes like uh, it relieves body aches and headaches fights mental fatigue and also makes you more attractive so uh, and smarter mm-hmm. this has everything it gives you better boners better boners with t-pain that should yeah. be the tagline oh yeah. god what how 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 offensive that is um okay <laughs> And also, by the way, this has been around. They just repackaged it. So this is, I think, as a relaunch for Alka-Seltzer, I don't think it's a bad idea. It's probably opening it up to a new market. But I don't think the market that is trying to open up to are really saying like, oh, T-Pain, yeah, he's cool. Like maybe if it was even little, I mean, even, let's say like Little Nas X would get more of a cross-section. I don't, I don't know on this one. I'm on the fence. I feel I'm like as a, I'm going to cash it because I think it's a good rebrand. I think it is too, even though it's kind of tacky. Oh, it's super tacky, super cheesy. And I would not, what I would do is I would be like, oh, look at this idiot. And like, this is so cheesy and this know, is so but dorky. It, but oh, I'd probably buy it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know it was out there. I, you know what I mean? And it's funny. It gets your attention. He did. And it. you he know I need this because I do Stop this. Clap, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. What Let me get my book. Is. I'm going to write what down Alcatelsis. <laughs> Forget Bloody right. Mary. Forget Hair of the Dog. I got <laughs> Okay. So good old time. Then we got good old Schmitz. Schmitz and Megan Rapino team up to prove how quitting can be an act of courage. Quit with Schmidt, quit with Schmidt. This, this is like, a ton, this whole thing's a tongue twister. Tongue twister it is. Good um, luck. Quit with Schmidt shows how quitting can be positive when guided by self-fulfillment through a new social contest where winners land personalized quitting advice from Megan Rapino and brand founder, Jamie Schmidt. So many S's. I mean, that was like share all day long, babe. Yeah, I'm like out. Um, <laughs> okay, so the founder, um, she had the courage to quit Mm-hmm. A nine to five job to pursue a more fulfilling passion, mm-hmm. which was creating a natural deodorant. Natural deodorant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. That's that's cool. And then they got Rapino in to soccer all star. Yeah, she's. I mean, yeah, she's she's a big deal. Rapino says she quit a lot in her career, just generally in my life, in order to put my dreams and goals first. And she's excited to get the next generation of quitters to say goodbye to what doesn't serve them. So it's less about being a quitter and more letting go of things that you don't necessarily need to due to cultural norms. Awesome. And then you get into the best thing ever, which is the Schmitz Quitters Club. I was just, um, I was just about to say, that's my, that's, that's definitely the, that's, the best part. 
to encourage people to share their own quitting story for a chance to win an exclusive coaching session via video chat. Yeah. Uh, I'm trashing this big style because I don't like, I don't like string time, big time, big style, big style. Pop up is. <laughs> what a relief it is. 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 What a relief is. What a relief. Plop. This. <laughs> Um, this is going to be on the B side of our record. Uh, we're going to release that later. It's uh, it's basically Schmidt's Quitting Club Social is the uh, is this, and we are quitting it. Yeah, what a relief that is. So, um, <laughs> I don't like people just saying, Trash. "Oh, you don't like it? Quit! Uh, follow your dreams." I mean, it's just I don't I don't like bumper sticker advice. If you're going to leave people like off the cliff from their career and everywhere, at least give them another stepping stone. And it I don't. Doesn't, it doesn't always work either. I, I did actually, true story. I quit PR for a while thinking I was going to pursue music, hence the music equipment behind me mm-hmm. and completely like just crashed and burned and had to go back into PR. See, so just to let everybody know, if you follow your dreams, you'll fail. So uh, stop following your dreams. <laughs> Not necessarily, but do it at the same time. Like that's what I learned. And I was just yeah. as productive, right? I was like, do it at night, do it on the weekends. Like you don't have to like quit everything. You don't have to destroy your life and, you know, implode your career just to pursue something that you're passionate about. Like mm-hmm. totally. do that's that that's instead whole... of drinking every night. Like yeah. do that instead of <laughs> plop, plop, this fit. Oh, what a relief it is. I need it every day. I put it in my, my journal. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's it's like another one of these pendulum things. It's like, yeah. you know what? It's like the great resignation. Everything great in moderation, resi- people. Yeah, the great resignation is going to create the Great Depression because there's going to be a lot of people out of work that can't find jobs that think they can do it on their own, have no training, have no support, have nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I mean, and everybody's going to declare bankruptcy and then everything's going to blow. I can't find anybody to work at my store speaking, which everyone's collecting unemployment and nobody well, wants anybody would like to not collect unemployment and work for April. She's charged. She's paying $8 an hour for a 50 hour shift. Um, so it's, it's not true. It's more than that. Okay. It's more than that. Eight fifty. And um, <laughs> <clears throat> so all you have to do, if you want to win the next position at Cowboys and Fairies, just give oh, your girls. rendition of, Cowgirls and Paris, just give me a rendition of pop up his business. Yeah. Whatever is the one that really gets the attention, mm-hmm. she'll let you be a virtual attendant of her store. Yes. For one day. For one day. One day only. One day only. Yeah. It's, this, I mean, with an offer like that, who can refuse? Uh, many. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's this like totally grinds my gears because it's, it's not even like sisters doing it for themselves. It's like everybody's doing it for themselves. Yeah. And they're going out like they're quitting everything and just going, just going like, I got this. Like, I've been doing this for 13 years on my own. And mm-hmm. I started out doing freelance while I was employed in order to see if it was if it was something I liked. And that's, I could do it and make a living. And that's and, how you do and, it. And then and it's still a struggle. Because it takes a long time to yeah. build up anything. It does. And then when it when you get it, you get it. But then at the same time, with all of these people like heading out service-based companies like ours it's like catch the business because they're passing it over to people that have some sort of clout some sort of whatever no matter how inexpensive you are 
So yep. I have a feeling that the people that are just saying, I'm quitting, are going to be the ones at the bottom of the totem pole. And then we, with the experience, are going to be at the top. And that's going to create the disparity that's going to come up next, mm. which I don't like. But it's I don't know if it's the time to quit in a sea of quitting. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, when I was, when I quit, it wasn't like there was tons of people in my discipline that was focusing on it. You know, there was a lot, but it wasn't like the entire country, everybody was doing it. Like people at Subway are quitting yeah. Subway and then starting their own like freelance Subway business, sandwich band business. So it's interesting now, cause I obviously started Trust Relations four years ago and that's really successful. But then I recently, as I think a lot of listeners have started a store and what's interesting to me is what I'm discovering. People come in and they look at everything I've curated and they take pictures and I bet you half of them go and try to find it as cheap as possible on Amazon, right? Trying to compete as a small business with those really big box stores and where they can get things at wholesale because they're, you know, a national or multinational organization that can do things at scale, there's no way to compete. So, I mean, if you're starting something small, it can go either way, right? It can crash and burn or it can go really well, but better to start small and test it out to find out, which is why I did a tiny store instead of, you know, getting something huge off the bat, right? Because you need to make proof of concept it, but you've got to know that there's a place for it and that you can compete with the big dogs. Because otherwise you're just going to get squashed like a bug in a raid video. Yeah. Raid! Watch out, Grandma! <laughs> grandma, get off the toilet! Blah, blah. So the, but the thing is, like, one of the things, if you are starting your own business, the businesses that are really nailing it right now is if you're doing anything bespoke and handmade or you're an artist. Those yeah. are two things that you can't reproduce on Amazon. So yep. if that's something that you're really passionate about, lean into that. Yeah. Um, uh, because it is something that's valuable. But if you're doing the service everyone else's offers, just kind of like don't screw yourself over or put more stress on your family. Uh, you know, just yeah. make sure that you're doing the thing, the right thing. And don't quit with Schmidt. <laughs> Trash. 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 Fizz. Oh, what a relief that is. Okay. Oh, is. Should we should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap this mother okay. up. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Hype Busters. Yeah, if you have any questions about the news companies and conversations from the show this week, even the naughty ones, you'll find our contact details in the show notes below. And don't Only hold sex us any of the opinions that you heard. <laughs> Everything sex-related goes to Chris. Yeah. Um, our DMs are always open for news, companies, and suggestions if you want to hear about something next. And if you're looking for a chance to put your brand in the hot seat, we promise to try to be nice. <laughs> yeah and she did say news what else can we say folks thank you for listening so much to us on our ramblings again see you next time for some real talk on strategic communications with me chris and her aw april why yep all right folks love you bye 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 mm-hmm.